eyes peeled, everyone. Welcome to Full 10 Yards Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome to the latest edition of the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Podcast. You are joined by me, your host, David Davenport, and we've also got in the room Rob and James from the Full 10 Y family, and we're also joined by Rich King. Rob, how are you doing? You okay? Yeah, I'm really good. Thanks, David. Nice to speak to you again. Um, we've had some really good episodes recently. I've been really enjoying listening to the Full 10 Yards. Uh, now I'm back at work. I've got the headphones back in on the mowers and uh, loving life. So it's good to hear us all back and... Uh, and everyone else is doing a fantastic job, but Tim, Tim, obviously, and and the boys with the college are going to be back soon as well. So uh, looking forward to to hearing the return of those guys. So yeah, so what a time to be alive uh, is is the saying, I believe. Exactly. We're just starting to see that little bit of normality creeping back into our lives, and especially so with the content that is coming out here with the full ten yards. James, how you doing? Are you okay? Yeah, been a while since I've been on one of these. Yeah, it's really good to have you back and uh, yeah, we've got a great episode in store with you today. So, have you been keeping? Are you okay? Yeah, it's been fine. So, I've been coping through wife being pregnant and having to work from home pretty much permanently. But uh, those two things kind of go well together. So, life is good. Good stuff. And as I mentioned earlier, we are joined by a guest today making a return to the podcast. We've got Rich King. How are you doing, my friend? Are you okay? I'm doing very well. Uh lockdown is still very much a thing for me uh working from home two two kids uh some people would say it's a dream but i'm not entirely sure (laughs) well that's the thing isn't it it's uh it's one of those i think there's a lot of people that have worked at the workplace throughout the whole time there's a lot of people that have worked at home and there's a lot of people that have been furloughed as well and i think each one of those categories has individually said they would like to be in the other category. So it's very much been a case of the grass is always greener for for everybody over the last few months. But yeah, like I mentioned, we are seemingly returning to a little bit of normality. So Rich, tell us a little bit about how you got into the NFL and particularly fantasy football. So I got into the NFL just, just through playing Madden, basically, and then going to the games in London. Um, and then someone said that they had a spot in a fantasy football league. And then I literally just got hooked overnight. As soon as I found out that I could run spreadsheets to help me <laughs> in a game, I was like, this is it. I've, I've, I've nailed it. This is, this is, this is for me. Um, so, yeah, since then, I've just, I've just been making more and more different tools and writing about it and stuff and just, just trying to share the love of uh, the passion of, of the game, really. Amazing stuff. So who is your NFL team and what would you say has been your favourite fun moment so far? My team at the Green Bay Packers. Now, favourite fan moment would probably be the back-to-back Hail Marys against uh, the Arizona Cardinals uh, a couple of years ago. But um, I... I it's, it sounds a bit weird, but I kind of liked when we lost to the Seahawks because um, a lot of my friends were Seahawks fans and I could just, just I, I kind of embraced having the mick taken out of me for, for my fandom. It's a little bit weird, but I quite enjoyed that moment. Um, and obviously the, the, that Des catch as well. 
I can't say I was expecting uh, expecting that answer. Uh, an actual <laughs> loss in a match being your being your favourite moment, but uh, I, d- I quite liked just just hit, you know just sat in in the middle of the group and they're just trying to roast me for my fandom and me just saying like yeah, but we don't look ridiculous with electric green. So oh, not a, not a fan of the, the electric green in in Seattle. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Even as a 49ers fan, I must say, yeah, I've got a soft spot for that kit, but uh, must be one of the few things that I do do like about Seattle. So, fantasy football, obviously, you've you've mentioned that it's the love of it has stemmed from being able to create a spreadsheet. I must say, like you, I'm a bit of an Excel geek. Uh, I know Rob is as well with his uh, with his player rankings that he's just created. I my I stem from from Kingy here. Actually, Kingy, tell everyone what your Twitter handle was before. So way way back in the day, my uh, my Twitter handle was Excel Geek in UK. <laughs> yeah, because I, I was that cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been great. I use Excel a lot at work and I'll be, I'll be at work and then I'll, I'll figure out, like, I need to do this formula. I think, how can I use that for a fantasy football analysis? And then I'll, I'll take it away and uh, see what bit of funky conditional formatting I can get to highlight which players I should be drafting this year. But no, I'm, I'm definitely very much an Excel Geek as well as you. So how many leagues would you say that you are typically in of a year and, and how many are you in this year so far, Rich? Um, I don't really keep track, but it's safely double digits. Um, that's a mix of Dynasty and Redraft. Dynasty I find a little bit easier because I don't really have to think about the waiver wire or something like that as, as much. Yeah. Um, so I'm in more Dynasty leagues than Redraft. But I'm in a fair, fair few Redraft leagues. Obviously the Scott Fishbowl, the... Um, UKFL, I need to do better in that this year, but I'm hoping that I'll be able to because I'll be able to focus on the draft rather than organising it. Uh, so, yeah, I'm in quite a few leagues. I had mixed results, I would say. I won my home league, finally, which was uh, which was beautiful because it's the worst feeling in the world yep. when they're, they're all like, I thought, you, I thought you knew what you were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's just painful. I'm eight years. I'm eight years dry in my home league. Eight years. Just I just leave. Just move. Can't. I'm, I can't. It's my. It's my baby. That league. And I can't. I just can't win it. Can't win it. They I've win. been beaten by. I've been beaten by the wife in two separate leagues. Ouch. Think yeah. how I feel. <laughs> yeah, you you win, James. You win. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't um, mind, but the, one of them was effectively my league of record for years, and she joined it two years after me, saying, oh, you, you seem to get interested in that stuff. I'm gonna have a go." And she goes and wins it in the first blooming year. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to do this for two, three years. Yeah. I mean, getting your I wife into it is... next year. <laughs> Getting your wife into it is, is certainly a double-edged sword. Um, my my wife knew nothing about it this this off season, but then um, she she proofread my book and I stuck her in a best ball draft. The team was not bad actually, but if she wins, I'm not telling her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm I'm very much the same as you. My my home league has been the one that I've found the most difficult to win, and my friends are all like, "Yeah, come on, you're the you're the self-proclaimed expert. You're the one that, that should know." And I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa." I never used the word expert. Let's 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 make a. But um, <laughs> I, I finally won it, and uh, I can show you guys on camera. Look at that! That's the sick. trophy. It is. Um, That's it, incredible. It, it's chainsaw carved. It's from Pittsburgh. Um, cost us seventy quid, but 
here it is. It is. Uh, it's Sick. quite quite the quite the work of art. But that's, finally, that's finally, that's a lot better than, than my trophy. I don't know because I know we're in some group group chats together. I'm not sure if you've seen the picture of my uh, my group trophy, but uh, I basically made it from some bits of wood that I had around the garage and <laughs> uh, spray paint, and then obviously uh, the figurine nice. of of the goat, um, Mark Sanchez. <laughs> Brilliant, fantastic! Brilliant. Wait, I did. Th- I was going to thought you were say Tebow for a minute. No, 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 Sanchez, because our our league is actually called the Butt Fumble. So uh, ah, okay, nice, nice, yeah, standard. So that leads us nicely onto the question, and this is the question that we love to ask our guests: What is your ideal fantasy league? So you are the commissioner of a brand new league. You get to put in whatever rules you wish to. What are you going for? So, if you asked me this two weeks ago, I would have had a completely different answer for you. Um, but I was speaking to Ben, who's the other co-founder of the UKFL, and the way that we've we've structured the league for this year is probably how I would do it. So, you have quarterback, running back, wide receiver that you have to start, and a super flex, and the rest of the positions are just flex put whoever, whoever you want in but a tight end premium um which i think i think that's just really interesting because yeah. you just get to choose whoever you want to play you don't have to worry about the second string tight end for the seattle seahawks being on your bench because you need to handcuff your you know greg olsen or something don't have to worry about that you can actually just take players that you actually want to watch and you get the flexibility that teams doing the NFL so that's kind of how I would I, I really like that idea as soon as he said it I wasn't 100% sold but then the more I thought about it the more I was like that is actually spot on yeah and the all important million dollar question are you having kickers or no kickers I don't want kickers yeah I, I just find it hard like my my thing about kickers is I think the scoring is broken fundamentally in my eyes because I can't see how if I have a kicker who's been on the field for three point after attempts and converted all three of them, why he's getting the same as some absolute joker who slotted a field goal. That's my that's my issue because he's like, had to take three kicks versus one. Yeah. So I think there needs to be a bonus for accuracy or something like that. That that's that's my take. Okay, so you're fan of the kickers, but the, the scoring system for them needs a little bit of refinement to reward accuracy, etc. Yeah. Cool. And uh, finally, just the chance to plug yourself, the work that you're doing, and most importantly, where we can find you on Twitter. Yes, so I write for Rotoballer, uh, rotoballer.com. And I started the site last year, but this year kind of given it a bit more of a run. So you can find us at kingfantasysports.com. Um, you can find me at Twitter at RichKingFF or KFantasy underscore sports. Wonderful. Well, it's great to have you on the show and thank you for taking the time out of your Friday evening to join us as we discuss rookie diamonds in the rough. So today's show, we will be looking at rookies that have an ADP lower than the 10th round. So we'll get straight into it. Rob, talk to us about your favourite rookie who has got an ADP lower than the 10th round. 
I'm midway through writing uh, an article, which is basically this in a nutshell. It's, it's looking in, in deep uh, at three or four or six players, actually, um, looking, looking deep into why they're a favourite of mine going in the late rounds. But I think... I think my all-time favourite, after doing the writing and doing, uh, looking at back at their college tape and and looking at all the statistics they've put up through their college career and just looking at all the the dynamics of, of what's going on, it is it's Derrington Evans, uh, the te- the running back from Tennessee. Now, I I must admit I, I'm a little bit biased. I'm I'm a big kind of App State guy, um, App- Appalachian State, the college, small college in FBS, um, which is where he was from. Basically, this kid is just unreal. He he was the he was the best. I think is the best running back in Sun Belt Conference history. Um, he's he's just really good, really productive uh, in college. Uh, he rushed for two thousand six hundred and sixty seven. Uh, yards with 25 rushing touchdowns over the last two years, uh, 319 receiving yards and six touchdowns as well over that span. He, he just dominated. I mean, App State are a small school, so their their schedule is a lot easier than your, your sort of your Bammers or your Clemsons, but they still had some big games in there. So, you know, it wasn't all terrible for, for him. Um, but yes, he was a big fish in a small pond is what I'm trying to say. Um but I think it will translate. I think he's pro-ready. And I think that he's going into a slot in Tennessee, which we, we, we've discussed before on the podcast, that there's not many fantasy options in Tennessee. You've got AJ Brown. You've got Derek Henry in, in standard league, not so much in PPR. Corey Davis, maybe. Jono Smith is going to get some chances. But outside of that, there's not a heck of a lot. I think there's going to be a lot of chances out of the backfield for his uh, receiving. Um, Derek Henry, as we know, is not a receiving back. Derrington Evans is. Uh, so I think he's going to get worked in there. I think he's going to, going to spell Derek Henry on the downs that he goes off the field, if he ever does go off the field. And he's one injury away. He's a Derek Henry injury away from being a locked and loaded RB1. So that's one guy that I'm really, really interested in. Loved him at college. Loved the situation he's coming into. And I think he's a really good pickup in the draft. Any objections on the floor? Silence. Let's move. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Who's next? Who's next? (laughs) So we're off to a good start. And yeah, like you say, we are one Derek Henry Henry injury away from Derrington Evans being the guy in Tennessee and particularly in, in dynasty leagues, this could well be Derek Henry's last year in Tennessee. So we, we could see him move on and Derrickson Evans is, is going to be that guy that you're, you're going to be looking to for for year two onwards, if it's not this season already. I think that you could say, you could say that about a lot of the rookies that they're one injury away from, from having a good role. But I think Derrickson Evans is one that has, a really good standalone value because of the receiving game, because we know Derek Henry's not using it. So they've got, there's got to be someone used out of the backfield. Dion Lewis is not there anymore. He was that guy for the last two years in Tennessee. So I really think there is a good opportunity that Evans is fantasy relevant this year, more so than you know, um, uh, some of the other running backs. More so, even I know DeAndre Swift and, and J.K. Dobbins are, are a tier above these guys. Um, but you know, the, the guys that went in the middle rounds, Darrington Evans, for me, has got the best opportunity. Yeah, and we, we put this out on Twitter yesterday and uh, at Femi Mitch, they, they agree with you. Darrington Evans was, was one of their rookie diamonds in the rough. So moving over to you, James, who is your standout player from the 10th round of fantasy drafts? 
Ironically, we've just been talking about the idea that you're only ever one injury away from being, having a chance at being a superstar and the opportunity. Well, my guy has effectively already had that injury happen to the guy in front. And this is Brandon Ayuk for the 49ers. Obviously, your team, so you'll uh, no doubt be happy about this. But uh, yeah, he's it. It's kind of it depends what you look as to where he's available. But he's any time from the eleventh round through to fourteenth, so fits in the category. Um, and again, any scoring type, I think he's going to be relevant. With Debo Samuel, obviously ruled out with his Jones fracture in his foot, he's going to be missing for the early weeks. He's not going to be out for the whole season. However, we forget. Well, some people have forgotten that Emmanuel Sanders has left and joined the Saints. So there really isn't an awful lot in the way of outside threats for the 49ers. And even before Debo got injured, we were saying that the 49ers really need to draft a wide receiver. It's the one place where they're struggling. It's the one place where they're short. Ayuk was ultimately the choice in the end. They passed on the early round so they could get Kinlaw. Um, so effectively, when it comes to opportunity, I don't think many people have got a better opportunity than Ayuk in, to get production in early. They're going to have to, even in the limited training time they're going to get, he's going to have to build that rapport with Jimmy Garoppolo quite quickly. But that's probably going to help fantasy owners in the long run, um, both this season and beyond in Dynasty as well. So he's very much going to be, say, outside threat, or he can play in the slot if he has to. Um, so that flexibility is the kind of thing that the 49ers offense needs in order to be able to, you know, be as effective as they are. They sort of, they, they're not a one trick pony. Um, it's not just throw the ball to Kittle or hand it off to Mostert. There's a lot more ways they go about. And I think having that effective weapon in Ayuk is going to be something that is going to get used quite a bit. Yeah, definitely. And the 49ers drafted, uh, sorry, traded back up into the to the first round to to select him. And that just says to me that they see something in this guy. They want him, and he's gonna he's gonna have a place. And like you said, the the injury has already happened to Debo. And although he is predicted to be back for maybe week three, week four of the season, it's one of those injuries that could ruin his entire season. We we look at Trent Taylor on the 49ers who had the, the same injury and. That was just predicted to be a, a few weeks out, but he ended up missing the entirety of last season. Uh, we've also had Richie James go out with with a broken wrist, so there's there's not a lot of up, uh, competition for him in that in that wide receiver room. And for the for the front office to to go out and and move up for him, they they see something in the guy. And you're not alone. We've had uh, at Detroit Beastie, friend of the show, Chris Robin, say that he should be he should be the diamond in the rough. As well as uh, at one two three Steve five eight seven five as well. So you're not the only one that thinks that, James. I think that there's a couple of things that I really like about Ayuk. Which before the draft, I before the draft I wasn't a massive fan of Ayuk just because he's coming off one good season at college. But now again, situation is key after the after the draft, and you see that the 49ers. I think uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, correct me if I'm wrong, but was about 20 yards off 4,000 yards last year. So they throw the ball around. I know George Kittle obviously gets a thousand of that. Um, but yeah, like, like, like James said, there's a lot less options there to go around uh, so, to a lot, lot, lot less competition now. And also the one thing I loved about Ayuk from the combine uh, was he, he was in the 92nd percent 
92nd percentile for burst score, uh, which is a mix of broad jump and vertical jump, uh, and also 82nd percentile in con- college dominator rating. So obviously the pros like him, the scouts like him. He performed well at the combine, so so it all looks really good for him in in the situation that he's found himself in too. Um, we move over to you, Rich. Who is your diamond in the rough? Uh, something that Rob should be happy with, I think. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. I I, I don't I, I think. I think when we come to look at the end of the season, I think you're going to find he's going to be right towards the top end of the rookies and how they finished in fantasy points. Um, Whether you're going to be happy to own him, I'm not sure because the way I think that he's going to be used by the Colts is primarily as a big body receiver in the end zone. Uh, So I think the points are going to be quite lumpy. Um, We've seen Philip Rivers doesn't really care if, the, if there's three defenders around his receiver, if he thinks he's going to get the ball, then he'll put it up for him. Uh, I mean, Pittman had a vertical jump of uh, 36. You know, he's the guy is just massive. He's just a huge person. So 36.5. 36.5, yeah. Um, so, you know, he's just a huge person. So if, if they get the ball in in towards the red zone, which I, I think they will uh, behind one of the best offensive lines in the league. Um, then I think Pittman Jr. is going to be that guy that they look to. And I think we can probably see, I can, I'm talking myself into seeing a similar se- season for him as we did for uh, Eric Ebron when he was with the Colts. So a lot of touchdowns, not a huge amount of yards and receptions. Now I'm happy to be wrong. If he gets a couple more looks, then that'd be great. But Primarily, I'm looking at him for best ball. I would say more than more than a, a standard standard kind of redraft league. Definitely, if he can get you a couple of touchdowns of a week in best ball, he, he's going to automate into your lineup, and he could be a, a week winner from from week to week. So, Rob, James, any objections with with Pittman Junior? I'm sure there won't be any from Rob, but James. No, he's Pittman's been one of the people I have been almost targeting at the tail end of best balls. Yeah, and like I say, with that, with that touchdown upside, that is definitely a reason to, to go after him. So, my diamond in the rough, uh, we're going to stick on the, the wide receiver theme, but we are going to go for Justin Jefferson of the Minnesota Vikings. So, another first round draft choice. Uh, he is currently going as the wide receiver 47 in the, in the 11th round, in, according to Fantasy Football Calculator. And what I like about him is he, the, the Vikings have gone, right, we're going to ship Diggs out to, to Buffalo for the first round pick, so we don't have to pay him. And for that first round pick, we're going to straight away spend it on another wide receiver, and we're going to bring in Jefferson. So there's actually a 20, or just shy 22% target share, 94 targets um, open now for, for Stefan Diggs. And they, they brought in Taji Sharp, but they've not really brought in any other receiving options. So Kirk Cousins is going to have to throw the ball to somebody. According to Adam Rank, Justin Jefferson is the most NFL-ready wide receiver. He's come off an absolutely fantastic time with Joe Burrow at LSU. He tied for the National League with 111 receptions last year, which was also a single-season school record. He was third in the FBS with 1,540 receiving yards, and he came second in the country with with 18 touchdowns. In the CFP National Semi-Final last year, he went off for 14 receptions, 227 yards, and four touchdowns, 
And I just think this guy is being massively slept on considering the target share that is going to be available for him in, in Minnesota this year. Uh, I'm not particularly high on Minnesota as an overall team. They've, they've lost some key players on defense. We've also got the, the Darwin Cook holdout potential looming. But I think for that reason, he is, he's going to be somebody that's just going to go in. Thielen is going to be your, your fantasy number one there in, in Minnesota this year. But Jefferson's going to be a firm number two and an absolute bargain in the 11th round. Does anybody have any objections to that? I think I'm going to play devil's advocate here. So <laughs> Finally! <laughs> we needed someone. We needed someone, Rich. Well played. So um, the thing that worries me is that Jefferson was really effective as a slot receiver. Equally, Adam Thielen is effective as yeah. a slot receiver. You also have tight end Carl Rudolph and Irv Smith Jr. That to me just spell just seems to make me think that area of the field is just going to be so congested. I understand what you're saying about targets. Um, but unless they put Phil into the outside, which would be a weird kind of move for him um, in terms of his effectiveness on the field, I don't, I'm not sure if I can completely buy into it. Yeah, and I hear what you're saying with, with Thielen. You, you tend to see players move inside as they get older, and now Thielen, of course, is the, is the wrong side of 30. So I understand what you're saying with the, the multiple slot receivers there with the, with the tight ends as well. So it will be one of those that has to, has to fit into place. The, the stars have to align correctly for Jefferson. But I think considering the guy was picked 22nd overall in this NFL draft, and he's currently being drafted in the 11th round of fantasy football drafts. I think it's just an absolute no-brainer to be taking him there. And you're quite right. If he was being drafted at somewhere where Diggs was going now, then you would be a little bit more cautious. But for the value that you're getting, I think I think we can we can take a safe pick and see how the, the it plays out with the the lineups in Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, one one thing I will say is, I think. In the 11th round, taking Justin Jefferson, I can, I can buy into because for me, when I'm looking at that late in drafts, I want a guy that I can kind of immediately know what's going to be happening. Like, what's his fancy outlook going to be like? Like, where's he lining up? Where is he getting targets? Where's Thielen lining up? Like, you're going to know that week one, week two. So you can make a very quick decision as to what you're going to be doing. You don't really want to be, I say this to everyone who's entering a draft, don't feel you're bench or your late round picks with guys who are just meh production yeah because they're too good to drop but they're not good enough to put in your starting lineup and that's what kills you that's what makes you ultimately not compete at the top of your league yeah with Justin Jefferson the 11th round if after say five weeks he is not shown that talent you've got absolutely no qualms in dropping him because you paid an 11th round pick for him however he has certainly got that potential to to be that he's got the potential to be the number one receiver in Minnesota. I don't think he will this year. I think that will still be Adam Thielen, but I really do think he's got that potential and the upside there is, is absolutely why I'm buying him at his position. Okay. So moving back to you, Rob, who would you like to give a honorable mention to in this segment? Um, I would like to give an honorable mention to a guy that I have been on for a couple of years now, and I am just absolutely buzzing for him to get into the NFL. And that is, of course, LaVisca Chenault, uh, my all-time favourite receiver in college last year. Uh, well, for the last couple of years, he's just been phenomenal. He had a 
few injuries last year kept him off the field. He wasn't he wasn't at his greatest. But I love the position. I love the fact that he's gone to Jacksonville. Uh, Mintru mania and needs another <laughs> needs another receiver. He's got him. He's got a fantastic uh, receiver. He's also plays running back as well. Uh, he plays in the Wildcat. He he plays all over the field. Uh, he's a really good Swiss Army knife for fantasy football. I think he's going to be relevant. I like DJ Chark. I don't think he's going to repeat from last year. I think he's going to regress slightly. And I think there is definitely a spot in there for Chanel. I think he's, he's a better option than Keelan Cole. I think he's going to be a better option potentially than D.D. Westbrook as well. Um, and, you know, I think they've got, is it Tyler Eifert in uh, tight yeah. end now? So, so I think, I, th- I think there'll be plenty of receptions for him. I really do. Um, I think they're going to be playing from behind a lot. So I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for him to get involved in the, in the passing game. Um, and, and yeah, like I said a minute ago, he, he, can, he can rush the ball as well. So plenty of fantasy points up for, up for grabs. And I think LaVisca Chenault will be one of the better rookie um, wide receivers uh, out of this class. And it's just such a cool name as well. LaVisca Yeah, just... Well, yeah, definitely the, the coolest name of the draft so far. <laughs> Minshew Mania. I, I really like the guy. Uh, I know he, he came in um, undrafted free agent last year and he just had no expectations on him, which was the, the, the reason that he came out and balled. And there's no expectations on him this season either. Everyone is predicting that the Jaguars will be the number one overall pick um, next year. They... Uh, They've already drafted Trevor Lawrence, according to people. So <laughs> he has got absolutely nothing to lose this year. No. And he's just going to no. go out, enjoy himself, ball. And it's a win-win situation for him. If he's good enough that he can take the Jaguars to a to an 8-8 eight and eight season, then you know what? He keeps a starting job because they don't get Trevor Lawrence. And yes. if he plays really well, but the rest of the Jaguars team is, is dreadful, then they get the first overall pick. They draft Lawrence and... Minshew says, look at my take from the last two years. I, I can get another job in the league somewhere. So, yeah, I really think they've got... No, uh, Minshew's got nothing to nothing to fear this year. No. He's going to go out with a chip on his shoulder and it's a win-win situation for him. And the, the only people that are going to benefit from that are his wide receivers. So, so yeah, why yeah. not LaVisca? Uh, exactly. And, and for those reasons, he's, he's now got a guy who can, who can play the X receiver. He can, he, he can play off, he can play screen game. He can, you know, he can go across the middle on the slants. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. This guy is going to be key for, uh, for Gardner Minshew. I really think he will be. So I'm really excited uh, to see to see Visca. James, Rich, any objections? No, I'll just say garbage time is a hell of a thing. So <laughs> just see plenty of points. The yeah. teams love Gardner. They love it, don't they? Do you remember the Alan Robinson year? That was all garbage time, wasn't oh. it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this team is just, it's just not a good team. It's a garbage team. I, I, shouldn't, have, say I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. That's how interesting to bring back Blake Bortles to be the backup. Really bring back the old crew. Yeah. Garbage time master. Look no further. We can't, we can't knock them too bad. Let's, let's just remember, they are London's team. And my wife's team, so I've got to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> well, as she's reigning fantasy champ, I suppose you should. Yeah, respect. <laughs> <laughs> So, James, who is your honorary mention? So, my honorary mention, again, this is a guy who has quite a lot of opportunity, and it's Jalen Rago for the Eagles. Again, available anywhere after the 10th round. Um, Alshon Jeffrey is declining both in ability and in draft position. Um, pretty much the whole, I, doing a bit of research, if you ignore Zach Ertz and Miles Sanders, obviously Wentz as well, 
pretty much the whole of the Philly offense is in the same two rounds. They're pretty much all 10, well, three rounds, 10, 11, 12. Um, although you can snag Rago around the 14th if you're not careful. Um, or if you are careful, even. Um, so, yeah, Deshaun Jackson's obviously rather put his foot in it. And <laughs> there's now a massive question mark going over his head. Um, so the team is still saying that they're investigating what he put on his Twitter, which is probably code for, we really don't want to lose one of our deep threats, but we know he did something bad. Um, so, again, he's going to have to spotlight on him for all the wrong reasons, which means that the outside threat who is going to be heading upfield, giving Wentz an option, is going to be Jalen Rago. Um, JJ Arcega Whiteside, I will give a mention here. Having such an injury laden rookie season, he will probably still need quite a bit of time this season to get up to speed. And he's basically going undrafted everywhere. So I think it's safe to say that Rhaegar is almost, well, it's not safe to say, but I would say he is the safer bet in that offense at the moment in terms of stability, likely role, and usage in that role. Because the Eagles are another team that aren't shy in using their offense in many different ways. Um, so, yeah, I mean, say, as I looked through, I'm including Dallas Goddard in this because the Eagles very much used Deshaun Jackson as a bit of a decoy to allow the centre of the field to be a bit more available, and that's why their two tight end system really does work. Um, Rhaegar is effectively going to help the tight ends even more, essentially. So, he gives a bump to Goddard and Ertz, but Goddard and Ertz in turn themselves are a distraction to allow Rhaegar to disappear. So the opportunity is there that he can put up some big points as well. Yeah, and like you say, with, with Deshaun Jackson, his his future uncertain. They're not going to want to to cut ties. But in this day and age where the spotlight is on everything that everybody is saying with the the Black Lives Matter movement and now the, the anti-Semitic comments that, that Deshaun Jackson has made, it's it's tolerated so much less now than it than it ever was before and for a player who is definitely the wrong side of 30 this this could be could be it for him and trying to trying to take politics out of fantasy football here but we we have got to to assess all factors when we are talking about fantasy football selfishly that that does create opportunities for the players that you've just mentioned Rhaegar and Osega Whiteside and the, the way that the Philly offense works, you, you, you've hit the, hit the nail on the head. It's they, they complement each other. And as soon as the, the linebackers step up to, to cover uh, Ertz and, and Goddard, then it's going to be over the top and the, there's going to be the production there all day long. So, Robin Rich, what are your thoughts on Jalen Rago? Uh, uh, Rich, you go first. I've got, I, I will oppose it, but Rich, you go first. <laughs> oh, so I'm, I'm kind of... Everyone seems to be in on Rager, and I'm not 100% sure why, because I just feel as though this Eagles offense is one where I want one of the early, yeah, I want uh, Sanders, Ertz, I'd maybe have got it. Um, outside of that, I don't really want too much of it. Um, originally, I had Jeffrey having a good season with target share and like being used in the red zone, but with him looking like he's going to be on the pup to start the, li- the, start the season... I just feel like this Philly offense is going to be like it was a couple of seasons ago, which is really effective NFL team. Awful for fantasy players. Mm. Cause I just think they're just going to be constantly like just shaking who's on the field. So let's not forget that they, they drafted quite a few wide receivers in the draft and they also picked up um, Goodwin from uh, the 49ers who is that, who is a deep threat as well. Um, 
I also think this off season is so strange in that Regan needs that Rayo needs that time with Wentz to really develop that chemistry for those deep balls. Because Wentz needs to know like just how fast this guy is. It's all good well and seeing it on tape, but unless you're seeing it in real life, it's not the same. And this whole COVID situation that we seem to be in the middle of, I think might dampen his start. I think he could be a decent trade target come like week four, week five, once they've started building a bit of chemistry and once Alson Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson respectively they're probably both on the IR. <laughs> I think now I had this discussion before the draft uh, on the NFL main podcast uh, with uh, 14 yards and me and Lee spoke about Jalen Rager. I was a big Jalen Rager fan coming out of college. He, he's got elite speed. He's, he's a very good player. I really wanted him to get drafted by Green Bay because I think he would be a perfect fit opposite uh, Devante Adams. And I think having a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers would really bring him on. The, the problem, and Lee brought this up on that podcast, was Jalen Rager has suffered with, really suffered with drops uh, in college. Um, and I think that that's something that you need to fix. He needs to fix that now. And the problem is he hasn't got a training camp to fix it. So, you know, what's going to happen? How is he going to fix that with no training camp and and no preseason? Now, again, a week ago, two weeks ago, uh, I think Doug Peterson come out and said that Jalen Rager was going to sit behind Deshaun Jackson for the beginning of the season. Um, So I plummeted my, my stats on my strat projections on Rager, but obviously since then this this stuff's happened on Twitter, so you know I might have to readjust slightly. But yeah, the one thing I, w- I would say is in college he had a big drop problem, and there's doesn't seem to be much of a season to fix that. So it's it's one thing that I don't don't hate it. I love his talent. I think he's going to be a good player in the NFL, but I think he's going to take a little while to get into it, like Rich said. So a split room on Jalen Rager. Rich, who is your honourable mention for Diamonds in the Rough? Uh, Jerry Judy. It's somewhat boring because yeah. the guy is, again, just a dominant receiver. And I think he's, he's ended up going to Denver where they needed um, needed a receiver, I think. Sutton, Sutton's good, but he kind of needs someone to take that, you know, take some attention away from him a little bit. Um, again, college, he was really, really Really, really good. Um, unplayable. Unplayable. Yeah. Unpl- it, guys like a cheat code, essentially. Yeah. Um, I think that the Denver offense with uh, with Pat Shermer as the OC as well, you're going to see more passes, I think. That's just what we've seen from him in the past. Uh, I think there's enough targets here to go around because I, I think Philip Lindsay, he, he kind of had his moment a couple of seasons ago where he... Where he you know, blew out of nowhere but um with the team opting to go for melvin gordon i think that's a lot of the rushing work gone and the receiving work i think will probably dry up a little bit because i can see an emergence for noah fant um meaning you don't need Lindsay in that like short game um so jerry judy is jerry judy is a guy that i i certainly would quite like to to have i just think he's going to be an effective guy with drew lock yeah, and that, that Denver offense this year, so many weapons there, and everyone is expecting it to be powerful with, with Drew Lott taking the step up into, into his second year. And 
the question I know Dave Moore from the from the full ten yards family says that he's not touching anybody from that from that Denver Broncos offense this season purely based on the fact that there is too many mouths to feed and that the, the, the target share is going to be is going to be too diluted. But we've got to remember the the premise of this podcast and that is players that we are drafting after the tenth round. And Rich, you summed it up perfectly before. With these players, you want you want that upside. You you've you've already drafted your starters. You you know your core, and with these players, you are you are after that upside as opposed to the the mere players that you're never ever going to feel good about putting into your lineup. So, Rob, James, any objections to Jerry Judy at the Denver Broncos? Not from me, James. We'll take James's no. silence. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, we'll take your silence to be non it either. And it's almost like we've planned it. Jerry Judy, the, the Alabama product, leads me nicely onto my honourable mention, which is his quarterback from last year. And we at the full 10 yards just refer to him as Tua because uh, nobody's quite sure of the pronunciation of his surname. But uh, yeah, the whole hashtag tank for Tua. The Miami Dolphins probably can't quite believe their luck. This time last year... It was very much, we are going to go and get the first overall pick so that we can get to her. And their season took an unexpected turn for the, for the better towards the end of last year, obviously having the, the famous win over the, the Patriots, which probably cost them a Super Bowl. So the Miami Dolphins had something to really be positive about, and they still got their guy at 1.5, which they, they probably cannot believe. So uh, he's probably the most talented quarterback from the draft this year, obviously falling to the to number five slot because of the horrendous injury that he suffered during last season. But if this guy is as fully healthy as, as we are being told that he is, then he has got the potential to be, he will be the, the best quarterback coming out of, of this class of this year. And... There is very much the question mark around Tua as to whether he will be the, the quarterback at the start of the season, which for me, I don't think he will be. I think we will see Ryan Fitzmagic start the season, but it all depends at what week Tua comes into the starting lineup that will define his fantasy season. And we were, we were talking earlier about uh, best ball and getting players like Tua that can help you in those super flex best balls that he's going to come in and he's going to, if you're still in the, in the race, of course, he's going to come in and, and help you with that, the, that best ball, best ball victory. And Miami, they've, they've got, they've got weapons there. They've got Preston Williams, who dynasty Twitter seems to be absolutely all over right now, as does everybody with, with Devontae Parker. Uh, we've got Kasiki, Breeder, Howard, and the Dolphins have invested in what was probably the, the worst offensive line in the league last year. So Miami could be that team. I'm not going to say that they're going to do a, a San Francisco and go from top five pick to, to Super Bowl, but they're not going to be the team that they were last year. They want to get, they're going to want to get the ball into his hands as quickly as possible. And for the, for the price that he's going for, which is, is low, then he's going to be a fantastic option for you, particularly in those best ball leagues where you're going to need to cover a, a late round by later on in the season. I will open it up to the floor. Who is going to oppose Tua Tagovailoa? 
Uh, well, I'm not going to oppose, but what I am going to oppose is what you just said because we had, did have this discussion ah. on the group today, and <laughs> someone looked it up on the website, and it's definitely Tanga Vailoa. And I think, I think personally, it has a ring to it if you put like a like a Tanga Vailoa. You have to deep like get into your system and get it out. Anyway, um, uh, no, no, nothing from me. I think that it might be a bit early for him. I wonder if the injury. Um, with no preseason, and again, the same as what I just said for Jalen Reagan, no preseason to show that he's fully back in. Are they going to start with with Fitz Magic for a few weeks see, to see how things go? Uh, it remains to be seen, but no doubt in that the talent's there. No doubt in that um, he was, I think, just an, a nudge above um, Herbert for me, uh, talent-wise coming out of this year. So I think he's the best, the most talented quarterback, and I think he's in a fantastic spot in Miami, um, and he will be the starting that starting quarterback. It's just when that's the question I have. Yeah, and same with Herbert. We know that Herbert is going to be the yeah. starting quarterback in LA at some point this season, but it all comes down to, to when. And James, we were, we were talking off air about the the Tarod Herbert stack in best ball and knowing that you're always going to have the, the starting quarterback, but when when that change happens, it's probably going to define your season. So, uh, Rich, what, what are your thoughts on Tua? I think you summed it up well. I think if you're playing best ball, then I'd have him, but I'm probably not going to touch him in redraft because there is a chance that he just redshirts the whole year. I, I think they brought Fitzpatrick back to kind of be a mentor for, for him to, in, in some way. Um, yeah, I, 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 think, I think you just summed it up perfectly. Thanks. <laughs> so, <laughs> moving over the, to the Twitter world. So, Thank you so much for everybody that got in touch with your Diamonds in the Rough. And we will just have a quick run through as to who you out there want to draft after the 10th round. So Jack Humphrey over at the Kickers Matter Fantasy Football Podcast says AJ Dillon of the Green Bay Packers. Now, nobody quite knows what that Green Bay Packers draft was. But for the 13th round, AJ Dillon, he's going to perhaps come in and steal some more more kind of the, the fullback work from from Aaron Jones, but he is not the only person to say that. We've also got at McNamara Dynasty, who also wants to draft AJ Dillon in the later rounds. So, Rob, Rich, James, what are your thoughts on AJ Dillon this year? Rich is the resident uh, Green Bay Packers fan in this podcast. Off you go, Rich. Yeah, I mean, I thought I mentioned that. I only wanted to be on here if we didn't mention the draft. (laughs) 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 Um... I don't know what you're on about. You you took a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. I don't even know how I feel about AJ Dillon, to be honest. I just think this backfield is going to be a mess. I don't really know for this season who I want. I mean, Aaron Jones seems like he was the the red zone guy and was being used really well in that area and was really effective. Uh, Jamal Williams seemed like he was still getting on the field for some reason. Um, both of them being used in the passing game. What I can say is Dylan looks similar in stature to Derek Henry. So maybe Floor thinks he's found his new Derek Henry, but I, I just, I don't know. I don't know if it's just because I'm a Packers fan, but I don't really want to touch it. Yeah. I've, I've been struggling to understand the hype a little bit in that with Green, with Green Bay, it felt like that they took, many picks and many years to find a running back 
that would work. They, they just split time all the time for so long. And then just in the last few years, Aaron Jones has kind of broken out into being, you know, a guy that you feel you can draft early in fancy football to the point, you know, he's a running back that if you have him as your one, you don't mind sort of thing. And then suddenly AJ's own coming in and the whole community is like, well, there's, a, there's Aaron Jones gone. It's like they've, they've they've nearly only just discovered him. It was like the last time they'd found they'd sort of you know had you know a fancy relevant quarterback early in a draft. Eddie Lacy hadn't yet found the buffet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's it is a weird one. Like you say, with the, with the fantasy relevant running backs, it's it's one of those teams that that does struggle with the, the passing game being so prolific and. Yeah, he had the touchdown upside last year, which naturally regression is is going to take us away from the the amount of rushing touchdowns that he had last year. But to bring in, well, we're questioning the the first round quarterback choice. So it doesn't surprise me that we're also questioning the the second round running back choice as well. So yeah, slight weird one in in Green Bay. And if the price is right, then then, then why not? But he's he's not somebody that I'm going out and specifically targeting in, in drafts for this year let's just uh sorry one sec let's just uh talk about that aaron jones effectiveness in the red zone do you know what his rushing touchdown rate was so touchdowns divided by attempts no seven percent the league average is around about three so you're talking hugely hugely effective at scoring so I think that number is going to come down with a crash and halt, and that is going. That's why I'm not taking Aaron Jones in my drafts because he's just going too high for me. Yeah, but then on the other side as well, like AJ Dillon is is only going to be competing for that for that figure. So why are we looking at him there? So yeah, we're not we're not too sure about that one as a group. But uh, moving over to at Themi Mitch, uh, we've already mentioned that they suggested Darrington Evans before. But we've also got Adam Troutman, the, the tight end in New Orleans, and Devin Duvernay, the Ravens wide receiver. So a couple of deep dives there. I think New Orleans tight end, Drew Brees, if you go back to the, to the Jimmy Graham days, he's never quite been able to replicate that. Um, I know Jared Cook had a, had a good stab at it last year, but how are, we, how are we feeling about those two picks? I think they're worth it in Dynasty, to be honest. Um... Duvernay is one of those under the radar ones that I think is, I think he's actually slowly sort of creeping up people's awareness. Um, probably not necessarily for this season, but certainly going into the future because that Ravens offense could become even more of a monster with him in that team. Um, with Troutman, um, say Jared Cook proved last year that a tight end in New Orleans with Drew Brees can still be relevant. And they're going to have to bring through the next gen. Obviously, if Drew Brees isn't there, you've got the potential that Troutman is going to be working with. Well, Rob will will say it'll be with Jameis. Some people will say it's with Taysom Hill. Some people will be say it'll be a draft pick. But um, he'll have he's going to have time to develop. He's not going to be this season. I wouldn't be getting him in redraft, but he has the attributes there that that team he can become something. The pathway to sort of relevance is not particularly blocked apart from the one major obstacle who is going to be the one throwing it to him <laughs> I keep talking myself out of it the more I think about it <laughs> yeah I, I love Drum and I, he was one of my top tight ends well he was my top tight end out of this year's draft I think he's brilliant but as we see with fantasy year in year out 
you've got to give these guys a year just to settle in. Um, so, yeah, like, like James just said, I'm not going to touch him in redraft this year, but Dynasty, definitely. Um, or Dynasty, we, however you say it. Um, you know, yeah, pick him up for sure in, in those days because he's, he's going to have a role in the future with Jameis. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think I'll ignore the Jameis, but I think he's the perfect <laughs> taxi squad player. And I'm yes. on about Troutman, not James. He's the perfect taxi <laughs> squad player. You, leave, you draft him, you put him in the taxi, you yep. leave him for a year, let him develop, see yep. what happens. And then at the end of the year, you can make the decision, is the setup that he's going to be in and has the development that we've seen mean he's going to be worth keeping him on my bench? Mm. And if the answer is no, go back to the draft and start again. Well, and you've lost nothing. It hit, but at, the end of the, at the end of the day, he's a, he's a pass catching tight end. Uh, you know, he did it in college. He was fantastic for um, uh, I want to say Dayton College. I think it is something like Daytona College. Um, yeah, he he was a pass catching tight end. Um, phenomenal talent, and and he will have that role in the NFL. It's just when taxi squad, brilliant shout, James. Okay, and we've already mentioned one, two, three, Steve, five, eight, seven, five with the Brandon Ayuk pick, but he has also selected Joshua Kelly as a diamond in the rough. And what I love about this pick is Melvin Gordon's gone. And Austin Eckler, I think he's going to have a, a big season this year. I've, I've got him everywhere in, in Dynasty, seemingly at the moment. But he's one of those running backs, Eckler, that can't live on his own. He's, he's similar to Kamara and he needs that running back to come in and help him out. And they can't... It doesn't have to be that we get the one stood at that uh, backfield. We, we can have multiple. And it all comes down to whether it's going to be Justin Jackson or Joshua Kelly in, in Los Angeles as to be that Melvin Gordon style back. But Joshua Kelly, for, for the 14th round that you can get him, I think it's well worth the gamble because if it is... Joshua Kelly, you could see some Melvin Gordon-style production out of him this year. I don't think it will quite be. I think Eckler will be will be the, the main guy in that backfield, but he will need some support. He won't be able to touch the ball 25 times a game. And Josh Kelly, why, why can't it be him? And then, again, friend of the show, Chris Robin, at Detroit Beastie. We've already talked about his Brandon Ayuk pick and his Michael Pittman Jr. pick. But he's also gone for Justin Herbert and Denzel Mims. So Herbert, we, we've already discussed in that he's one of those ones that you'd perhaps be taking in those best ball drafts where he's going to come in in the later weeks and, and win you some, some leagues if you're still in the competition. And Denzel Mims, uh, New York Jets is a, is a funny one this year. People are very split as to whether Crowder, Perryman, Mims is going to be the, the wide receiver one there. I can't say I'm particularly sold on Sam Donald yet. I think he's going to really need to step up and, and prove the doubters wrong this year. But give the guy some credit. He's, he's not had the best offensive line. Um, he had an absolute shadow of the, the Le'Veon Bell that, that we knew and loved as a, as a fantasy prospect. So are you ever going to succeed with, with Adam Gase as your head coach? That, that, that remains the question. But Denzel Mims, what, what are your thoughts, guys? Um, so for me... Adam Gase is the coach. Um, so I don't really want to touch him that much. I mean, I think the lead receiver for this team I've got is, uh, is Jameson Crowder. I think it's more because he's already got that relationship with Darnold. That's the biggest plus for me that he's got. Um, Darnold himself, yeah, I've still got question marks over him, mainly because 
he should maybe just stop kissing people so he misses games. <laughs> um, that's, you know, that's... It's you, a you desperate be... way of getting away from Adam Gaze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it works, right? So, um, I don't know, just Adam Gase being the coach, everyone just seems to give him this credit of being this offensive guru. But, like, I think I could be an offensive guru if I had Peyton Manning. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's yeah. not difficult. You just say... Yeah. Uh, Peyton, can you just just go on the field? Yeah, do that Omaha thing. <laughs> just well, just... Peyton. Uh, the thing about Peyton Manning, he was basically an offensive coordinator on the field anyway. So yeah, yeah that's what I mean. It's similar to Tom Brady, right? In that yeah. same kind of like mold, and they just know what's happening. So this is why Josh McDaniels is not going to be a good head coach whenever he decides to leave New England. And I'm so glad that Indianapolis didn't get him a couple of years ago. Anyway, carry on. Uh, yeah. So for me. I'm just not sh- sure on him. As in Mims, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sold on him at all. I think that's just the Jets in general, though, isn't it? When say so Adam Gase as a coach is pretty much enough to stop right there. But when you, if you even Le'Veon Bell in his current state, having also had his year out with Frank Gore effectively as the backup, Donald as your quarterback, Crowder, Perriman, Mims as your three receivers, and Chris Herndon as your tight end. There's always yeah I I the two picks I've made in this have been based on opportunity and when you say that Mims has got an opportunity you can't deny that but just sometimes in fantasy football you've got to accept that there may be opportunity there but they may also all be rubbish. You're forgetting fantasy superstar Josh Doxon though because he's there when he's when he's fit. <laughs> If he's fit, yeah, but those ever. two games are incredible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I think I think Mims. I, I think Kingy, you've just said it. it you, a lot of people, like, I'm like you. I'm on the fence with him. I, I need to see it a bit. I need to see a bit more of that Jets offense and how it's going to work and if it's going to be successful. At the moment, the only Jets player I'm drafting is Le'Veon Bell, and I am drafting Le'Veon Bell. I think he's a really good price at the moment um, for a player that you know is is far above anything else in that team fantasy wise at the moment so yeah fence fence one uh, for me you either like him or you're you're sort of staying staying away i think definitely and thank you once again to everybody that has got in touch with us on twitter you can find us of course at f10y fantasy and moving into everybody's favorite segment it is time for trade of the day Okay, so we have, well, we're going to have one each this week. So, Rob, we are going in with a dynasty, one quarterback, points per reception, 12-team league. We have got James Conner versus the 1.10 pick and two 2021 second-round picks. Mm. Give me the picks. Um, give me the picks just because James Connor in Dynasty worries me because he's injured a lot. Um, yeah. He's, I think he's in a contract year this year. I don't know the route he's going to go down. Uh, I don't think he's a superstar running back. I think he's good. Don't think he's great. So you give me the picks. Oh, I'll be more than happy to pick up, um, you know, try and try and flush someone out in the first next year. Or the, was it a first this year? Was it? Yeah, first this year, and then uh, the two twenty-one picks second round. Yeah, because you you might be able to get a, like a Keyshawn Vaughn uh, this year at, at one ten. Um, 
yeah, I'd probably go for the picks. Fantastic. James, moving over to you, we have got well, a slightly easier setup. It is a redraft PPR, and we have got Julio Jones and Cam Akers against Stefan Diggs and Josh Jacobs. Ooh. Um, now, this is plain redraft. This is plain redraft. So Close. we're talking, we've got a young running back on each team and a, not necessarily aging, but certainly wide receiver one for each team on each side. So there is a relative level. Um, I'm pers- The problem is the wide receiver I like the most, the two is on one side and the running back I like most on, <laughs> yeah. is on the other side. Yeah. So it's, I, it's, it's purely going to be based on the depth of the rest of your roster. If you think you're strong sort of at wide receiver, I would take the Jacob side. If you're strong at running back, I would take the Julio side. I think it's it's kind of reasonably even. Acres, I have to admit, is a bit of a question mark for me at the moment. In that, I think that's going to be a too many mouths to feed situation, and he's going to have to prove it. And this, say, coronavirus threatened off season is eating into his ability to be able to be sort of you know, the overall. I think everyone's drafting it at the moment as though he is going to be the day one starter and be the guy throughout, and that. Um, or Miggy O-line as well, isn't he? Yes, that doesn't help them either. The, I mean, the, the sort of demolition from almost Super Bowl champions to nothing has gone rather quickly. Um, which is why, it, say, if I had to pick a duo out of them, I would go for Jacobs and Diggs just purely because the gap between Jacobs and Akers is bigger than the gap between Julio and Diggs. Albeit, I will caveat that with, I'm not 100% convinced on Diggs in Buffalo. In the... So there's, there's not a great um, stat in terms of wide receivers who move to new teams excelling in their first year with the new quarterback, the new system, new surroundings, etc. So in, in redraft, Diggs is going to be a bit awkward. And also, Josh Allen isn't you know exactly famous for his passing ability, um, nor is the whole of the Buffalo Bills. And you still have John Brown there. You still have a billion other options there as well. And they've got their own new toys to play with. So I think it, even 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 though I say that and I temper it, I still would take Jacobs and Diggs there. Yeah, I must admit this is a trade that was offered to me last week. Um, and I have Stefan Diggs and Josh Jacobs. And I am firmly flying the Josh Jacobs will be a three down back this year. So uh, that is why I stuck with Diggs and Jacobs. So, Rich, we will close out the segment with yourself, and it is a Dynasty 1QB half point per reception 12-team league. And we have got, are you ready for this? We have got Breeze, the 106 and 206, against Baker Mayfield, Tyler Lockett, and a 21 third-round draft choice. So, sorry, I got the first bit. What Baker, what was the pick? Baker, Tyler Lockett, and a 21 third-round draft choice. Hope you had your pen and paper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did. Yeah, I, I did. I was frantically writing. I didn't. Could you tell why I was scrabbling? <laughs> <laughs> I learned. I learned from your mistake. Um, <laughs> I think. Am I? Am I? I don't know if I'm competing or not. This is this is the big thing for me. So if I'm if I'm competing, then uh, then I'd want. I'd want Breeze in the picks because I think Breeze is going to have a decent year this year. Um, I think I'm not 100% sure on what Baker's going to do, to be honest, in this in this um, 
in this offense. We saw he struggle last year. I think he might struggle again this year. I don't think that um, you know, uh, Hooper at tight end is going to be the guy that we saw in Atlanta. I really don't. Uh, Odell Beckham, there's trade rumors that he's going to be going, in which case, who am I throwing to? Um, I think this team wants to run the ball as well. So that, to me, is kind of where I'm thinking. So I think I'd probably... I think I'll probably take the Breeze, Breeze side because I don't think Lockett is going to be the 1A receiver this year either. I think they, DK Metcalf is going to, going to take over. Well, did you see that metric on Twitter this week um, to do with Beckham's blonde, the, the, the density of blonde in his hair? And there was a very much upwards trend as to the percentage of his hair was blonde as to his, his fantasy production. So we're, we're very much predicting a 2,000-yard season off this metric based on the fact that his hair is the blondest it's ever been. So um, I can't remember quite where I saw that. But uh, yeah, those 2,000 yards have got to come from somewhere. You have just told all our listeners how I do my rankings. <laughs> See, I do, I do them on GIFs. So. <laughs> just, be, just be careful if you... Use it on Twitter saying he must die. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, <okay. laughs> David's face was like, uh... like well, this podcast has taken a very deep dark turn very quickly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, but yeah, the, the faux pas with, with the speller mistakes. Yeah, make sure it's uh, D Y E. It does. So, my my hairdresser in the in the village is called Curl Up and Die. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Genuinely. It, and, and here we are talking about it. So, uh, <laughs> free advertising, get in. Exactly. <laughs> not a sponsor, not a sponsor. <laughs> However, if you would like to donate some money to the show, then we would be more than happy to, yeah. to accept. So, that concludes today's show. We will just go over what is happening at the full 10 yards at the moment, which we talked about before, is, is a fair amount. So, we've got loads of new articles on the website, which is full10yards.com. Uh, We've got the On the Fence series in the fantasy. The latest one is with Teddy Bridgewater. How will he fare in Carolina this year? Uh, We've got the 10 day one picks from 2019 who need a better 2020 with uh, the likes of Hawkinson being being star in that one. And we've got, as you mentioned before, Rob, the the fantasy late round Wookie, Wookie Rage receivers. Wookies, yeah, but them in there as well. Uh, they're, they're the hairy ones. <laughs> yeah. About Odell Beckham. <laughs> yeah. The, the rookie wide receivers that you really should draft. And uh, we've also got the fantastic series from Mr. College himself, Lee Wakefield, as the breakdown, which really interesting read for those that have been listening to this podcast, listening to the fantasy outputs for the rookie wide receivers that want to know a little bit more about the college and how they can get into that. And of course, there was the podcast earlier in the week where we discussed Patrick Mahomes' mega contracts. We also looked at the Washington name change and Cam Newton in New England. So it is goodbye from Rob. Rob, where can we find you on Twitter, my friend? You can find me at FFBritBaller and you can find uh, a new article coming your way, hopefully tomorrow, if not at some point this weekend, uh, which is the, the next in the series of the the rookies who the wookies who to draft um i did wide receivers this week and and it's going to be running backs this weekend fantastic you need to use the fast with those <laughs> james it's a goodbye from you where can we find you on twitter yeah you can find me at nfl hype train um 
at the moment you'll see the progressional journey of myself through the Scott Fishbowl in the train set division, which is officially now, as of today, the slowest drafting league in the fishbowl. <laughs> Trust the trains to be late again. But um, my, my own little um, trundle through there is I'm trying to keep up with it as I go along, which apparently which isn't as hard as I was expecting it to be. But uh, yeah, you can see my chronicles going through there. Brilliant. And finally, massive thanks to Rich King for joining us on the podcast this evening. Where can we find you once again on Twitter, please, Rich? Uh, you can find me Rich King FF or King uh, or K Fantasy underscore Sports. Yeah, once again, massive thank you for being on the show. So my name has been David Davenport. You can find me on Twitter at Dav underscore F10Y. Don't forget to follow us at F10Y Fantasy and also at Full Ten Yards. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you very soon. Remember, keep those eyes peeled. You've been listening to the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at F10Y Fantasy and over on our website www.full10yards.com where we cater to all of your American football needs from NFL General, Fantasy Football, College Football and even Britball. Thanks for listening and remember folks, keep those eyes peeled.